Hey, thanks so much for coming back to another episode of Jay in Transit. Today's episode is with my friend Kate, and we are going to focus on being single uh, and entanglements. <laughs> yeah, so we had this uh, conversation in two parts. Uh, we started it a few months ago as we went into lockdown, and then we had a little bit of an update to discuss uh, some of the things that we kind of flossed over in part one and to include a little bit of uh, the entanglement conversation that we've been having in the last few weeks. So I hope you enjoy and I'll see you on the other side. I want to welcome Kate uh, to the podcast and I'm going to throw it to Kate so that she can introduce herself. Hello. Yes, my name is Kate. Um, I am a poet and street artist. Um, I go by My Life in Yellow with most of my poetry and all of my street art. So mm-hmm. I'm always talking about relationships, the lack thereof, love, all of it. So I'm excited to have this discussion today. That's right. I think we're going to have an awesome perspective because you are a poet and you know <laughs> you act them out, you have feelings to them. So yeah, this probably will be a very juicy conversation. So um I just I wanted to get started if you wanted to talk a little bit about um you know what your relationship cycle looked like um over the last you don't have to go all the way all, you know to the beginning but uh what did you, you know what did you want to highlight today Well I, for my relationship cycle um I kind of played by the rule book in the very beginning mm-hmm. um it's kind of like what was conditioned in on me from my, you know, society and my family and everything like that. So I was married at 25. Mm. Um, that relationship did not, um, work out, was divorced five years later, moved to New York and I have been single, um, consistently for about 10 years. Like I had a brief, like eight month relationship in the middle of that 10 years. But for the most part, I will say that I've been single since my marriage came to an end. Oh, look at that. I'm a 10, I'm a 10 year lifer there as well. <laughs> there we go. So you think we have something very much in common. Yes. Um, I, <laughs> 10 years is a good number. Yes. The number 10, I feel is like nice and round at this point. Um, yes. I wanted to ask, um, where were you before? Like, where are you from? Cause you said you moved to New York after I'm I was born and raised in Pennsylvania uh, so I was born um right outside of Philadelphia okay and lived there growing up but then I went to college in the Lancaster Pennsylvania area before moving to New York got it and so what were the distinctions with with um the relationships you were seeing in Pennsylvania Lancaster etc versus when you came to New York It might have been an age thing, Mm. but it felt very cut and dry um, compared to New York. Um, Like you met somebody, you went on a few dates, you liked them and you were boyfriend and girlfriend. And there was really no big questions around that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's like the my ex-husband, we went on a few dates. He liked me. I liked him. And there was no conversation like, hey, let's be together. We just were. And we kind of just, the relationship kind of just continued on that path of like, not really questioning anything, just continuing and checking boxes as we went along. Got it. Interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So after you came out of it and moved to New York, like, what were your priorities coming um, into New York post your divorce? Well, when I first got here, um, I think for me, it was just thinking I had to find someone because I hadn't been alone in a long time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, 
you know, having crushes on male friends and guys. And, and I was in school at the time. I moved here and went to Parsons. So it was a female dominated school. Mm. And so there really wasn't anybody to meet that way. And so I was out in the nightclubs and there's really nobody to meet that way either, but um, <laughs> like <they> were fun. <laughs> at least substantially, yes. <laughs> Might have fun with them, but um, the longevity of that is questionable. All right. Um, <laughs> And I just found myself um, not really meeting anybody that Mm -hmm. I connected with. Mm. Like I had like, I was, had a huge crush on a friend of mine and nothing ever came of it because I was totally friend zoned, but Mm. yeah, it was just like, and if there was somebody who might've been interested in me, I, I look back now and I think I was blind to it. Like I just wasn't seeing it. I see. So like, what, like, what would you in the way of seeing it like were you in that period of time like healing were you just looking for fun or like what kind of aura do you think you were putting out for that I think I was putting out an aura of um emotional unavailability mm-hmm. I was definitely healing even though I I don't believe I really thought that I needed to at the time Um, but I had my marriage, which ended from an affair. The affair was extremely toxic and very emotionally abusive. So then now I'm in New York city and in a way I was in a place in which I needed to like reset and rediscover and heal. And that became more apparent as time went by, even though I was still like thinking there was a need to be in a relationship and was kind of grasping in a way at the very beginning of my um, single time period. Mm -hmm. Um, But that slowly started to change and shift. Um, And I don't even really think that I was aware that it changed and shift. I think it just became less of a, Oh my God, I need to meet somebody like I would date and meet people, but no one ever like, it was very rare um, to have met somebody that I was like drawn to. And typically the ones I were drawn to were emotionally unavailable. And so that's like a mirror of where I was. Right. Um, you actually uh, make an a excellent point because um, looking back uh, during my, my singleness as well, um, there have been, I guess, more times than not that I have put out the uh, emotionally unavailable vibe, whether mm-hmm. I, you know, consciously was doing it or not. Right. Like, we're always out there talking about, yes, and my boo and making stories and writing letters and, mm-hmm. you know, making our own Ciara, the Ciara prayer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but if the, if the bees aren't coming to the honey, then uh, yeah. Yeah, it's time to evaluate. So, all right. So what were your priorities or what are your priorities now? Like when I look at you, when I talk to you, when, you know, um, you have a lot of stuff going on positively, like, you know, you're shining, you're out here, you're, you know, helping other artists. And so for me, like you come across as a very uh, full woman, right? Thank thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a lot going on because I kind of got to a place in my life where I put myself as the priority rather than the establishment of a relationship. Mm -hmm. And like the trying to define myself as a couple rather than an individual. Mm. Um, But I do have my poetry and my street art, which have been a main focus in my life. I do have um, a lot of things that satisfy me that Mm. kind of in a way make a relationship not 
a priority. Like it's something that I would enjoy having, but it's not necessarily, you know, number one on the priority list. But I would say, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought, but like, um, (laughs) I, what you're saying is uh, in comparison to where you started when you first came out of your divorce or even going into your marriage out of divorce and first coming to New York, your identity was tied to being in a relationship. Correct. As you've, um, grown and, and, you know, figured out Kate, like it hasn't been, so it's not like you don't want one, but it's not the thing that's like, you know, the top of your ID, I guess, when you introduce yourself. Correct. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. No, you, you're definitely on point with that. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I think, you know, in the beginning and in my marriage, I didn't really know who I was and what I wanted. And mm-hmm. as a way to compensate for that, I was looking for someone to show me who I was and direct me towards what I wanted. And that's, yeah basically why my marriage didn't work out. Great guy. But like, I couldn't be in a relationship in which I didn't even know who I was and I didn't even know what I wanted. And then waking up one day and being like, Oh my God, like this doesn't fit anymore. And I think at this point where I am very much more in line with who I am and what I want, and I'm not looking to be saved when, Mm. in which in the past, I think that that was like that little damsel in distress, Prince Charming come and whisk me away. So I don't have to actually worry about anything. Got it. Um, Yeah. So I'd like to get to a little bit of the fun side of the 10 years of singles. Um, Do you have any wild dating stories that you would like to share? Oh my gosh. Um, there was that one time at the sports bar when I met the guy who collected dinosaur bones as a hobby. Um, that was, (laughs) (laughs) and my, my one friend and his brother, it was, yeah. Um, (laughs) that's hilarious. Yeah. And not, you know, being too drunk to get into the strip bar, but like, um, I have to say most of my stories are pretty tame as far as dating is concerned. Yeah. Like I've had like the horrible Tinder dates where it's just like you walk in the room, they say one word and you're like, what is happening? And you know, the, the, <laughs> them not getting a clue that you're not interested and, and um, you know, that kind of thing. But I think the dinosaur bones is my most favorite story, but it's funny. <laughs> the people they happened, you just were like, uh, what were the dinosaur bones taken up his apartment? <laughs> Well, he was from Texas. He was just in New York to purchase new ones. I guess there was a Sotheby's or something. I don't even know. I don't, I, I don't even know that. I didn't know people owned dinosaur bones privately. I thought that was just what museums had. I guess that was Prince Charming. That you know, no. Um, and his laugh was awful. Like my friend Rihanna, who was with me, she can, you know, mimic his laugh like crazy. And it always makes me cringe. I was the wingman on that one. Um, I was, yeah, I was following along her lead to you know, get the, the, the deed done. And I definitely had the short end of the stick on that. I'm a good friend. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That is so funny. Um, okay. So what are the wildest things that people have said in the period that you've been single or questions that you've been asked? Like by fam, friends, like, random people when you're like, I'm, you know, 40 something or, well, I'm 40. 
uh, or will be 40, but I don't know how old you are. I'm 40. Uh, <laughs> I will be 41. <laughs> uh, as we move along, like, what, what have you found yourself being asked? Um, I think people have asked, like, because I'm very honest and willing to admit my previous marriage. Like, it's not something I hide. Like, you know, I'm not embarrassed by it. I'm not ashamed of it. Like, even my affair, I'm not embarrassed or ashamed. It just is what it is. And it's made me a better human. Um, but like, sometimes people get like a lot of questioning around the fact that I was married and been single for 10 years since. And, and also a lot of mm-hmm. questions around motherhood and mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, I will be 41 and I am single and I do not have an established relationship that could lead into becoming a mother anytime soon. And, you know, if it's something that I want, um, but right. I think that's probably a very popular question. Like, Oh, do you want kids or, um, Oh, that's a shame, you know, that you ha- weren't able to have children sooner or, or things like that. And recently, like I, I went on a date with a guy. Um, it was a, I ended that one. Like there's not very time, very often that I like walk out on a date, but this one definitely, he got walked out on. He was like 50 years old. And like, I felt like I was like on a game show interview session oh. in which he's talking about he was trying to find a wife and girl, he was trying I, to find I know a wife. <laughs> nah, he wasn't trying to find a wife. He was trying to rent a womb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love those. <laughs> and like these questions that he's asking me, he's like, have you ever heard of a relationship bubble? Have you ever heard of this concept of like this and that? And I'm just like, he's like, what do you really want? Like, what is this? And what is, and I'm like, dude, I don't even know who you are. Like, why are we asking these? And he's like, you know, you're very difficult to talk to. Like, you're challenging me in ways that I did not expect. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I, I've not even oh. met you in person yet. And this was just a phone call. I was just like, it was just, it was just beyond me. And then another recent date that I had. Now, it wasn't a date. I only ever talked to him on the phone. Um, you know, quarantine style and all that. But yeah. <laughs> he called me from the car. We had a great conversation. He was super interesting. But then like, as I started to learn more about his situation, he and his wife had just decided to get divorced in December and here. And then like, he's calling me, this was like a month or two ago. He's calling, like talking to me and he's like, Oh yeah. And he's like only talking to me when he's in the car in the backyard because he's still living with his wife. And I was just like, Oh my God. And I was like, I'm sorry, this is not something that I'm comfortable with. And he just kind of got really defensive. Like, well, I need some, now and I'm like, you live with your wife <laughs> oh my god oh my god that's hilarious because like yes let's talk about single and then let's talk about single single okay and yeah. um, separated single like hello right like you just I- decided in December the paperwork's not even filed or even like drawn up <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but in my, in my most recent dating cycle stories, I'm calling it a cycle because it's definitely gone up and down. Like not even the, the, the question of, are you married is enough. Mm -hmm. Like you almost have to like get to like, to the point of, and is, you know, like, where does she work kind of thing? It's almost like the, because men are just, they're not honest anymore. No. If they're out, you know, wherever it is that they're out, if they're out with the boys, it's like, I'm married tomorrow. 
oh, it's it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just like I don't have time for this. I'm like I'm tired. Like I'm not I'm not interested in, you know, participating in your soap opera. Like it's like no. No yeah. way. Like I've done that. Like I have sworn off married men. I had, you know, I had an affair with a married man, you know, 12 years ago. I'm good. Check it off the list. I've done it. Not worth it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, that that one's this. off the bucket list. It's gone. Okay, I've done so- it. And it's just like, it's exhausting. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, no, nope. I'm good. Bye. <laughs> so looking at you, though, you don't look 40. Um, what you. range, like, what age range are you, uh, are the men picking you up from? Um, I have, I would say like, you know, I've had some 20 year old, like late 20 year olds, um, shocked when they find out how old I am and kind of like slightly disappointed. It's kind of cute. Um, (laughs) but you know, I've dated, like, I've tried not to date below 35, but even Mm -hmm. then I, I'm just like, ugh, like I, you know, I'm just lovely, mature 35 year old men out there. I just have not met you. Um, yeah, where are they? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I've actually been dating older, and I like it. Oh, I've been dating okay. like fifty, and I really like oh. it. I don't know, but like young soul fifty, not like you know, you could look like you could be my uncle fifty. Boo! We're only nine years away from. I know, 50. but like, <laughs> have you ever like been swiping through, and you're just like, wow, life was hard for you, and you're like the same age as me. Like, I don't know. True. Like, cause we both look very young for our age. So it's like, I don't know if I just have a distorted view of what people our age typically look like. Cause they're not as off yeah. as fortunate as we are. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it would, I, I understand what you mean. Um, especially if, you know, at some point we decided that the gym was important and McDonald's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the McFlurry, um, man. Yeah, I get you. I get you. <laughs> okay, so um, to me, that indicates uh, that your priorities changed. Um, if you went from, you know, uh, dating whoever came along that you were kind of interested in to like specifically dating uh, older men. Mm-hmm. So what do those priorities look like today? For me, I'm really looking for a partner and a companion. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I've had the super hot, sexy, you know, crazy, fun, like, whatever. And I still want to have fun and passion and all of that. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Um, But, like, I really appreciate, like, the conversation and the connection and the bond and the the depth. Whereas before, it's like, you got a hot body. Like, cool, I'm in. But now it's just really, like, I want companionship. Like, I want great sex, too. 100%. But I don't know. It's just the depth means a lot to me. Um, It's like, would you take over sex? I don't see. I think that I think that (laughs) I wouldn't pick depth over sex, but I do think that I couldn't, I couldn't, they have to be very strong equals because for me, like, if we're talking and it's not going anywhere on a consistent basis, like everybody doesn't have something to say every day. Like I can be really quiet on some days and have got nothing to offer, but like, I just feel like I need to be able to feel safe that I can share that we've got things to discuss. Um, but then I also want to rip your clothes off for sure. 
But also, I guess, you know, for women, uh, anecdotally, but and I'm sure there's science, so I'm saying anecdotally because I haven't looked into the science. Mm-hmm. Um, but for women, it's more mental than, than you know, physical being. So it would make sense that um, uh, if you're not connecting with them on any other level but looks that you would, at this point, you would be passing them by. Yeah, absolutely. Um, awesome. So I wanted to talk about, there was a, on my last episode um, about being uh, prepared for the next relationship mm-hmm. by the ex that you just left. Did you ever like feel that you were in a scenario like that? Like literally I just turned on insecure. <laughs> I don't know if you watch it. I haven't. <laughs> so spoiler alert. Um, but she discusses how she feels um, you know, now that she's friends with, you know, her ex's new girlfriend mm-hmm. and seeing how, you know, the different person that he is then from the dip- from the person that she had, yes. you know, five years for five years and immediately before, you know, the person he is today. So I, I was I'd be curious in your thoughts about um, preparing, preparing men for their for their wives. Oh, yeah. My ex-husband's wife should, like, send me a Christmas card every year and say thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Because my ex-husband is a great guy. Like, we've got no we've got no beef. Like, you know, shit went down. It's been resolved. But like um, I, I see you know, through social media and stuff, like, they're, like, they don't post, neither of them post are very much into social media, but the things that they do post, like, you know, he didn't ever want to go to Europe because he'd been there, and there they are on their honeymoon to Europe, and, like, it's just things about their relationship where he was always very controlling and very, um, he knew what he wanted, whereas I did it, so he always would sway me, and I would just agree because I didn't know what I wanted anyway, so might as well go with what he wanted, Mm -hmm. and so now I think, like, he is more open to things that he might not have been open to. Like he hated the idea of change. Um, He Mm -hmm. had to be the way he had to have it or, you know, whatever and had to fit inside this box. And then I see their relationship and she definitely, definitely um, gets what she wants out of him. And I'm proud for her. I'm happy for her. But yeah, I, 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 I do think that I influenced and changed him. Whereas he, I did the same Right. But, you know, you said, was he older than you? He was only uh, like two years older than me. Okay. So just personality wise then, like he was always a more decisive person, whereas you were still trying to figure it out. So that's why you were. Yes. And he also was a very logical, rational person. And I am more emotionally driven. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I'm very logical too. Logic, but I, you know, my emotions definitely steer the boat. And so there was a situation where I wanted to go to Europe with a friend and travel for two weeks. And like, he was like, logically, no, because we need to save for retirement and blah, 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 blah. And da, 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 da. And all of these like very sound reasoning. And here I am being like, but I just want to go. And he's like, but, and I'm like, but I just want to go. And he's like, no, but this, 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 and this. And like, he would always win. And I would let him win because I didn't feel like, me just having an emotion of desire and wanting could stand up to his logic. Yeah. I mean, it was also age. Correct. Um, I was, yeah. we were, we were under 30. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what we know at 20 something. I mean, I would we love know, to revisit- and that's the problem. <laughs> I was like, I'd love to revisit some parts of that, but you know, they could keep 20. Yes. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want my twenties back. <laughs> so I would say that, no. So I'm going to ask, um, right now when you're looking, what's more important for you, um, to build up somebody or to grow with somebody? Grow with. Grow with. Grow with. And I think, you know, at this point in my life, I think I'm, I've done a lot of great growing on my own and I'm Mm -hmm. curious and excited about the idea of how I could grow with someone, but there's always Mm -hmm. a building too, because we all have moments when I might need a little bit of pick me up, pick me up, build, and then they'll need a little pick me up, pick me up, build. But ultimately I would like us to be on a same page of growth. Yeah. I mean, I asked that question because for a time um, in my, in my dating history, I felt that I was on a hamster wheel Mm. that the dudes were the exact same. I was going through the exact same scenarios and I was like, why do I keep getting the build me up dudes? Like, this is like ridiculous. And I literally had to like, you know, come back and, and reassess that not only was it an age thing, Mm -hmm. right. Uh, because I guess at 40, you can still have, you know, may have to build or 50, you may have to build the person up. Um, but it was definitely the mind frame that some of the of the gentlemen in that, uh, like, early 30s to about that there's mm-hmm. things that they think they like milestones they have to reach and, you know, places they have to be and things they need to have done before, like, they can settle down or, you know, into it. A relationship and I was like no no so I wasn't sure if that if you'd experience that as well you know the one thing that I and you know I don't know if you've experienced the same thing um but I feel like the men that are our age are dating the younger women the 30 year old women um and Mm. like they're like they're reaching younger And maybe it's because they are in that space of like needing the building and they, you know, you know, I, you know, I will help and support and build. But at the end of the day, it's just like, like, dude, like you're 40. I've been there. I've done that. Like I have supported multiple men through multiple crises and growing periods in their life. And it's just like, you know, I don't want to be a mom. I don't want to be like this or that. I'm ready for a partner. Um, But yeah. So, so what would be the difference? mate versus partner at this point because you just you've thrown out the word twice mm-hmm. um and when i and when i talk about the type of relationship that um i would you know envision myself being in i do speak in terms of partner mm-hmm. so what has that been looking like for you i don't know like if the word mate to me just sounds temporary um Mm. which I'm okay with temporary. Mm. Like, I, you know, not everything has to be a forever stamp on it. Um, mm-hmm. But like partner, I just feel it as this bond of we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, not I'm going to get what I need from you and peace out. Whereas like a mate, you know, you mate mm. and you go kind of thing. Mm. Got it. Got it. So, yeah, okay. so that's how I see it. That makes a lot of sense. Did you have to fight back a lot of um, your uh, 
independent woman characteristics, I guess, or, <laughs> or what society calls independent women because we're not chasing men after a certain point. I was once told by my cousin that I was a little too intense and I should probably dial it back. But at the same time, I'm like, well, they're going to figure it out sooner or later. Um, but for me, right. I, I don't think that I've dialed back my my strength and independence. Like for, for me, I've been like, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I have this. And, and I think a lot of times that's why I didn't meet somebody that was strong enough. And I always say this, I want to meet somebody who's strong enough to stand next to me. And that's like, people are like, what are you looking for? I'm like, I want to meet somebody who is strong enough to stand next to me because I'm, I've already taken a step back so that they could feel great about themselves in my past. And I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Like, yes, there's a moment where they should be in the spotlight because of whatever's going on and you take your spot and support. But like, ultimately, like, I want to stand next to them. I want us to both be out in the forefront and, you know, being, the the strong powerful people that we both are and yeah I've, I've like one guy that I dated um I think it was like in February or it was yeah it was the beginning of it was the end of February or something like that and I had a lot going on because I was doing the leadership program through momentum and I had so many deadlines things I had to get done and I was quite busy but I was making time because I was curious and I was interested to meet him but then he kind of seemed mm -hmm like he was turned off because I had so many things going on in my life. And I, I found yeah, that curious yeah. and he kind of just like, was like, you know, ah, okay. And just kind of like dissipated out of my life. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, this and this. And he's like, cool. And then just like, I think he felt like he didn't have space in my life or maybe he thought he wouldn't be a big enough show in my life. Like, I'm not really sure, but he seemed each time I was talking about all of the things that I was working on and planning to accomplish, um, he seemed less interested. Yeah, I feel like guys still need a lot of ego stroking. Mm -hmm. um, and if uh, if we aren't giving it to them, they like, you know, they absolutely will be the first ones to walk out the door. So it sounds like he felt intimidated with with um, all of the shine that you had, and and just that wasn't what he wanted right now, right then. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. It's like, if that's not what you want, yeah. that's not what I want either. So like, bye. Yeah. So I hope you've enjoyed part one of the conversation. Part two is an update on some of the topics, as I mentioned before, that we glossed over and uh, some tips on how we can continue to enjoy our singleness, but also uh, be intentional when we look for love. Enjoy. So I wanted to go back and touch on the friend zoned um, mm -hmm. comment that we made earlier on in the conversation. I believe it was you had noticed by the time you had noticed there was interest or you were interested, you've been friend zoned. Yes. So yes. let's talk a little bit about that. Like, was it you? Was it them? You know, how, what is friend zone? First of all, <laughs> <laughs> 
The definition of friend zone means one person wants them and the other one doesn't even consider them a possibility. Right. Um, no, I, I would say I've been on both sides of friend zone. I've been the one placing down the friend zone and I've been the one placed into friend zone. And um, in our earlier conversation, I was talking about uh, a situation in which I was placed into friend zone mm. with a guy that I had met. And we, yes, we were starting out as friends, but I had a, a strong sexual and um, mental attraction to him. Right. And, you know, always trying to be flirty. Cause like, I don't know, this was like shortly after me getting out of my marriage. So Got I didn't it. really know how to flirt. Ah. I had forgotten, um, maybe never really learned. And so, you know, you just try to always be there, like always available. Um, like, Oh yes, of course. And you know, all of that type of thing. So I think it was just like, he started to look at me as just like a friend that's always around and cool to hang out with. Right. And not as someone who like a sexual possibility or like a sexual interest. And, and so it kind of that realization where it's just like, Oh, he is never going to ever want to touch me in a sexual way. You just kind of have that moment of like, and you're like wondering, you're like, what did I do to get into this place of not being considered um, something other than a friend? Right. And, you know, in times that that happens or or that it's happened to me or I have placed them, it's almost like. For me in the past, it's been I can't do a friend. I can't be your friend and also in a relationship. And then one of us has moved on like you don't know how to backpedal from that Um, right was there a time when you look back and you're like shit like I probably never should have friend zoned that one or damn you know the one that got away I don't yeah I I can't think of anyone like you know the person who friend zoned me you know turns out is probably the best for all of us yeah. like now like you know it was it was a crush and my crush dissipated and we're now the dearest of friends yeah um but i can't think of any moment where i'm like you know the movies like the rom-com mm. where they're best friends and then they fall in love with someone and you you know you're like wait a minute i don't want to just be friends like i don't really have that person that yeah. i can think of like um yeah i i don't do you no girl i you know, I've been asked this question a few times um, and I really can't go back to a moment where I've had any regrets on the decisions I've made in terms of um, friend zoning, moving past it. Um, I mean, there were times in, in you know, my relationship cycles mm-hmm. where I do realize that there were times where I had a hard time accepting a no in whatever mm. form of it. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, you say no a lot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. Because like, I always I'm like, oh, I'm so alone. Nobody wants me. And then it's just like, my friends are like, actually, like, all of these guys, and you totally blew them off. Right. And I was like, but that doesn't count. Right. <laughs> right. And it, it's, it's always so interesting. So I mean, for me, that means I've I've really had to come to terms with the um, I guess the concept of karma when it comes to relationships, mm-hmm. if folks believe in it, like, you are getting back exactly what you dish out. Absolutely. Um, which also, uh, I wanted to tie back into our emotional unavailability and how that has attracted some interesting or, you know, interactions. So what do you think has made you emotionally unavailable at the time? And what has that looked like for or did look like for you? Um, we touched on it a little bit in the last conversation, but we didn't actually flesh that out. I would say like 
I don't think you always know that you're emotionally unavailable mm. in the moment. Right. And so as you are attracting these men or partners who are mirroring that emotionally unavailability, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of like shocking. You're like, how long can I keep getting these men who don't want relationships and like, da, 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 da. And then like, obviously men are coming to me and I'm like, Oh no. Like when pushing them away. So right. it's just like, it's something that you really see looking back mm. more than I think in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I also feel like I'm more connected with that now than I was when I was in the throes of emotional unavailability. Like I still am working on it. I don't think I'm 100% emotionally available, but I don't know if anybody ever fully is, Right. Uh, you know, maybe we're always around 90% when we're at our best, but, um, yeah, it's just like this thing that starts to happen and you're like, why, why, why? And, you know, I still don't know why, like, how is it that we're attracting these people? Cause I'm like, I always say my friends, I'm like, I don't know they're emotionally unavailable when my chemistry and my body is like, Oh, Hey. And then, you know, <laughs> All right. three converse, like three conversations in they're like, actually, I don't want a relationship. And you're like, okay, now I like you more, but why do I like you more now rather than being like, you know what? I'm going to walk away from this. Cause it's just like, it's like, I feel like they're throwing down that, that challenge, like you know, right. throw but all right, go into the ring. I'm going to fight for this one. And I, you know, I don't know. And I was actually doing some reading on that and how I sometimes wonder if I don't feel that I am worthy of love, if it's just handed to me, mm, like I have to earn it. And so when I'm meeting these emotionally unavailable men and they're like, I don't, and they're very upfront. I'm not interested in a relationship. I'm not ready for a relationship or I just got out of a relationship. And then it's just like, if I have to work for it and have to prove myself, then if I earn it, then I feel like I deserve it. Whereas these men who are emotionally available approach me and they're ready to love me the moment that they meet me because I'm an incredible woman. And I'm like, whoa, I don't trust you. You're a liar. You're just trying to sleep with me. Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like this weird, like lack of trust. And right. so I've just kind of come into realization around that and I'm kind of sitting with it lately. Okay. Like why, why is this? Right. Right. It, I, yeah, I guess it goes into the, we have to feel you, uh, not used, excuse me, um, needed or wanted yes. or like we're fixing mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I feel like this need to earn the love earn. rather than have it just be given. And I, I'm like, why? Right. Like I need to talk to somebody about that. I wonder, but <laughs> I wonder if it's different for men, right? Like you're saying earned when, when, but when I, you know, I'm having this conversation with you about, um, about that, I'm thinking men look at it as, Ooh, I enjoy the chase. Correct. And is earn and chasing the same? It could just be a different perspective of it. True. It could just be like um, my um, place of where I'm coming from, from my past traumas and situations where it's just like, you know, the earning of my dad's love or the earning of my mom's love or like something like that, where, um, you know, before, like they look at it as more of a competition, a chase Mm. where I'm like looking at it like somebody loves me. Right. Um, So I think it's just a play. It's I think the same dynamic ends up happening. Or if, because I am still chasing in a way. Right. And I was going to say, or if they've told you, I'm not interested in a relationship and you're like, well, I'm going to show them, which <laughs> they're like, oh, just you wait until you really know right. me. you're going to come, come screaming for me. Right. Right. Which is interesting because it definitely does relate back to um, our past trauma. Yes. So mm-hmm. uh, there, so we had this conversation, the first set of this conversation, um, few months ago while we were in mm-hmm. the throes of uh, quarantine, quarantine. 
yep. and we're kind of still quarantined. Yes. Um, but after, I guess in the last few weeks, which I mean, I'm of the personal opinion that I didn't really need to know, but now that it's out in the open, we can talk about it. Um, the, the Jada August and mm-hmm. Will Smith, um, as it's now famously been called entanglement. <laughs> such a great word isn't it it's like it's like avoiding what it really was it's just like a fancy way to say affair I guess right I don't know but was it an affair <laughs> if they were separated what true true if they were separated and they were, had agreed to see other that they could see other people sure I think maybe she's using the term entanglement because maybe of the situation of who he was and how he became into her life right Um, Rather than her just, you know, being out there meeting men and dating them. Like this was someone who was like involved with her family, I believe. And like, you know, the healing, like, yeah. And so I think that the method in which they came together, I suppose, is why she refuses entanglement. Right. But um, I agree uh, that there were some concerns about it, even though he was of consenting age. Um, mm-hmm. Only because in we just had, you know, a similar conversation about how women feel the need to to fix. Right. Mm-hmm. So this man yes. obviously came to her with a need of something. Um, mm-hmm. And she was she's definitely older. Right. Like he's closer to the to their son and daughter than he is to them. And so it almost felt after listening to their Red, red Table talk that it was more predatory versus mm-hmm. um an actual consenting relationship. Right. It's like using that power and like um, age and whatever and the desire of like to, to pull in someone else and be predatory. Yeah. yeah I don't. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I'd love to, to see how you relate or hear, excuse me, hear about how you relate to that situation. Cause in our conversation, um, you did mention earlier in in your relationship cycle um, that you marriage broke up because of of something you were looking for outside mm-hmm. of of your marriage, and it seems okay. similar here. Um, I think your words were you were looking to be saved, mm-hmm. whereas Jada's were she was looking to feel good. Correct. And so, uh, let's talk a little bit more about that, like. Yeah. And I think for me, I also wanted to feel good because mm. I wasn't, I didn't feel good. And in my, you know, back then when I didn't really understand what was happening internally with myself, um, I didn't realize that the not feeling good was coming from inside myself mm-hmm. rather than externally. And so I was kind of just assumed it was my marriage that was making me unhappy um, rather than it was myself in my life that I chose that was making me unhappy. Right. Um, and like, as far as like, my affair, I can relate to the unexpected situation that you end up Mm -hmm. because I remember meeting this man, he was a coworker Mm. and then, you know, we had chemistry the moment we met. Right. And then suddenly we're, we're friends, we're talking all the time and it's that emotional, um, affair, I guess is kind of what happened first. And because it was never like, oh, my God, I'm going to sleep with that person. I'm horny and I just want to step out my marriage. It was never that for me. And I feel like maybe with the whole Jada thing, maybe it was kind of like a similar thing. It was more of an emotional Mm -hmm. satisfaction Mm -hmm. in the beginning. Right. And I just remember one day waking up and being like, oh, my God, 
I am so deep in this. I don't know how I got here. I don't know how to get out. I don't know if I want to get out. Right. And it was just like one day everything's innocent and sweet. And then the next day this man is kissing me and I was just like, oh my God, we're both married. Uh, oh, he was married also. He was married as well. So I understand the whole concept. Like it makes me laugh the whole using of the word entanglement. But at the end of the day, like I, I relate to that mm-hmm. and to this desire to feel good because I didn't feel good. And again, I was looking externally to feel good when I needed to be looking internally. Right. And so that was what I didn't understand back then. Um, and then, but now looking back, of course, I'm just like, oh, Kate, if only you'd, yeah. you know, been a little bit more self-aware, but I was 28. So, you know, so be it. I learned a lot from that, yeah. but I understand the whole idea of like the entanglement and, and getting into a situation that you don't know how you got into it. You don't really want to get out because it feels good, but at the same time, it's not necessarily ideal. Right. So I wonder how the entanglement in your late 20s shaped um, your dating up until now? I'm sure significantly. (laughs) (laughs) I, it's still something I'm trying to heal from. I see. Yeah. Um, Because I'm, I haven't, I don't, I sometimes wonder if I've not fully forgiven myself Mm, for making the choice that I made. Right. And so I, maybe I'm placing myself into these emotionally unavailable situations, feeling like I have to earn love because I don't feel like I deserve it because of the choices I've made in my past, which, you know, logically sitting here on, you know, talking to you, I know that's not true, right? but, you know, subconsciously when I'm in these situations with men and, you know, it's like, what do I deserve? Mm. And I know that it's not something I'll ever do again. Cause we were joking about it before. It's like, you know, check it off my list. I'm good. I never need to do it again. But, um, I don't know. It's some like deep inherent thing that, um, I'm trying to unlearn or unbelieve. Right. So do you, I guess my question to further flesh that out is, have you been in similar entanglements because of this need of, or this, feeling that you uh, don't deserve more or better. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would say probably about seven or eight years ago. Um, I was dating a man when I first came to New York and of course he's like, I don't want a relationship, Mm -hmm. but then yet he wanted me to hold him while we slept and hold his hand in the streets and do all the things that a relationship is, except he didn't want to have to, you know, be committed. Yeah. Um, so he wanted me to, he wanted to feel loved by me without me falling in love with him. Mm. And that's difficult. So it's very, and I, I, this comes up a lot for me. So that's something I'm still exploring, but so I ended it because I started to fall in love with him and I was like, look, this is not what you want from me. I'm in a place where I need to walk away. And we broke off. He ends up meeting his soulmate like a month later now wants to be in a relationship and all the things. And I'm just like, you know what? I just can't. And, um, they're dating together for a period of time. And then he reaches back out to me cause he misses me. Right. Um, as you know, of course, cause I'm amazing, but turns out they're in an open relationship. Oh, see. And they're Ooh. in an open relationship and he now wants me to be his extracurricular activity mm. and it's ethical open relationship where she will know and all of these things. And you know what? I had a moment where I'm like, you know, I'm always too emotionally attached to these men. Like why me? Let, let me challenge myself to see if I can be a sexual partner with a man who's in a relationship ethically. 
And I went for it. And I was, you know, the third part, like it was never a three of us together, but it was always just, you know, there's so many rules. Yep. So many, so many things we had to abide by to make her feel safe and comfortable. Right. And I went with that for probably about six months, seven, I might've even been a whole year. I'm not even, I don't, I can't even really remember. Mm -hmm. And so I became like this third person in their relationship you know, just with him, never, you know, she and I were around each other here and there. And, she, you know, she was fully aware of what was going on right. because he would tell her every time before he came to see me. Right. Um, so it's just like I placed myself back into the same situation, but with, you know, I guess I felt like, oh, well, she knows. So it's fine. Right. Um, yeah. But I think for I mean, and please tell me if I'm if I'm putting thoughts or words into your into your being, but there yes it was consenting on all three parts but you were still entangled emotionally knowing that you weren't going to get what you needed out of it correct I was still entangled I think it was just like the old history kind of like still entangled and being brought into this like I was trying to prove something to myself Mm. but I think I was just doing the same thing right but I felt like I was proving something because it was ethical if you want to you know throw in that word right um so it would, yeah, it was definitely still an entanglement and there was, I'm sure she did not really like the idea of it. I'm sure, you know, she was just appeasing him so that the relationship that he didn't leave her or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I can't say cause I, I, I don't know her, but like, um, it was just me placing myself back into an unhealthy situation. Right. And I think, you know, I mean, if we had more time because, you know, we can talk forever on this topic, but, um, people do get they always pin pigeonhole excuse me open relationships um Mm -hmm. they've been seeing it a lot more I think the younger generations are a lot more fluid in in how Mm -hmm. they engage and how they relate um and so they have written their own rules um about relationships and I think you know you made a valid point here in in sharing your story which I appreciate is that a lot of the times open relationships aren't necessarily about allowing people to go and have sex all the time Mm -hmm. you know it's 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 about all that messy stuff that sometimes that one partner can't you know provide for you and Mm -hmm. if you're open and honest with each other um it comes from different sources right absolutely yeah so tell me as we wrap up um Mm -hmm. any tips you have for um folks who are getting looking for love um healing from, you know, past, past traumas and, and entanglements? I would say, and, um, for me, when I'm interacting with, um, a potential mate, a man that I'm interested in, or maybe seeing, I sometimes stop and I pause, like when I want to reach out, when I want to, is it like, try to like, understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm Mm-hmm. Is it because I like this person or is it because I like the attention? Mm. Is it because um, I'm extremely attracted to this person or is it because they're the only one that's available? Or, that's you know, and I, 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 yeah. And so I think for me, it's like I don't necessarily stop myself from, you know, the interactions that I'm in currently. It's just that I try to understand why I'm choosing what I'm choosing. Right. Um, and that is, and it has nothing to do with the other person. That's, it's all about, you know, me and how I'm showing up in these 
potential relationships or potential just paths crossing paths with somebody and understanding what there is to learn and what I ha- what they could potentially learn from me as well. Right. Um, so it's just having that level of awareness, but then also just trying to have a good time because mm-hmm. I can get really intense and super serious and overcomplicate <laughs> things because Don't I'm an all. intense ser- Yeah. I'm a fun person, but I'm also, I can be very intense and I'm trying to learn just to enjoy right now for right now yes. and not place any level of pressure or expectation on what it needs to be. That's great. But at the same time, I'm also being aware because I don't want to end up in another entanglement in which I've placed myself in a toxic relationship because I'm only choosing the right now, if that makes sense. No, you, what you, what you said is, you know, be per- purposeful um, Correct. about how you're going to relate uh, with that person. And, mm-hmm. and what it means for you then in long term, right? I think a lot right. of us, particularly as we're still in lockdown and now have all these other things we're considering, um, it, it's going to be extremely easy for us to, to go with the first thing or, or that, you know, the thing that's but also exciting. with the quarantine and the, the COVID still being very much out there, um, now it's kind of like, are you worth taking my mask off for? Girl. <laughs> Am I willing to risk my health for you? And it's just like, you know, we don't have to worry about just STDs anymore. We got to worry about, you know, who you were breathing next to. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, ooh, yeah, it gives celibacy a whole nother meaning, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like now it's not just, you know, put on a condom and you're probably going to be all right. It's like, do I want to take off my mask and risk you know, infection of whatever you might be carrying just, you know, in your lungs in or your in your lungs, spit. In your like, spit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely um, given, given a lot of pause to us, to us free spirits. So mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then there's just one more thing because we talked about how we were both uh, 10 years and counting single. Any tips yes. for, um, for our ladies and gentlemen out there who have been taking their time, enjoying life and, and, you know, keep getting confronted with, with really 10 years. Yeah. My best advice is don't listen to them. Mm. Follow your heart. Listen to your gut. If your gut says now is not the time and this is not the person, then just stick with that. Don't let the pressure of, I need to be in a relationship force you into a situation that is not ideal for either partner. Yeah. And I, and I keep reminding myself that, and you know, I want to be in a situation that's good for me. Is anything perfect? Nothing's perfect. But at the same time, I don't want to be rushing in just so I can, you know, check one of those boxes that we've discussed in the, in earlier in this conversation. So it's just like, I, you know, I want to be happy. I want to be satisfied. I don't want to just try to have make face so everyone else feels comfortable around me amen to that girl Mm -hmm. awesome well thank you so much for having this conversation with me today and a few months ago yes (laughs) um and before we close out i'd love for you to talk about how folks can find you and um what you've been up to lately Yes, absolutely. So um, I mentioned before, I'm a poet and a street artist. Mm -hmm. And I go by My Life in Yellow. And you can find me on Instagram at mylifein.yellow or mylifeinyellow.com. And in the beginning of quarantine, I had just sent my my first chat book to publish and mm-hmm. it was on hold the entire months of quarantine and it is now been printed and yes. is available. So I have my first published book. Wonderful. Congrats. Yes. Thank you. And so 
you know, come take a look at my words. And obviously right now we can't really be in on stages in, you know, venues, but hopefully soon we can be and we can start doing spoken word poetry events again. Great. Well, thank you again, Kate, for joining me. And um, just wanted to say, keep living your marvelous life. And I can't wait to um, see where post-quarantine life takes us. Exactly. Likewise. <laughs> Likewise. Live it up. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Jay in Transit. You can find me at Jay in Transit on Instagram. And my friend Kate, thank you so much for coming on at mylifein.yellow on Instagram. See you at the next episode.